Hey everyone, it's David Duchovny. Do you ever feel like a failure? Trust me, I get it. Hell, I've spent my whole life almost feeling like a failure. It's appropriate though, because on Fail Better, my new podcast with Lemonada Media, exploring the world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives is the whole point. Each week I'll chat with artists, athletes, actors, and experts about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, I hope we can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out on May 7th, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everyone, are you ready to add a sprinkle of joy to your day? Then you need to check out Add to Cart. Hi, I'm Sujan Pak. And I'm Kulap Vilaisak. We're your hosts, and on this show, we talk about the things we buy, the things we buy into, and what it says about who we are. That's right. Each week, we're going to have some honest and maybe, you know, little TMI conversations about all the fabulous, weird, wonderful things we're adding to or ditching from our carts. You know, we talk about beauty products, latest health trends, philosophies we're passionate about. Nothing is off limits on this podcast. We're diving deep into everything we and our guests buy into and exploring what it reveals about who we truly are. We're going to decide what's worth the investment, be it money or emotions. Add to Cart from Lemonada Media has new episodes out on Tuesdays, wherever you get your podcasts. Lemonada. I'm Kiki Monique, and this is I'm Sorry, the unapologetic show about apologies. And this week, I spent more hours walking around in my underwear than I did putting on actual clothes, and I love that for me. Wow. <laughs> That's a definitive vibe. Yeah. Well, this is Mohanad El Sheikhi, and this week, I am living, honestly. I cannot say more about that. <laughs> and I'm Oha Lopez, and this week, I was in lesbian hell. I had uh, two old friends that were together break up because one of them was cheating with another friend of ours. And so, you know, I don't live in that city anymore, but it is dicey back home trying to figure out how to navigate the the treacherous waters of, of um, lesbian adultery is not an easy place to be, you guys. I, I don't know why I expect you to say, like, a, a region or a country right after, because that would have been very funny. Like, I was in... <laughs> I was in lesbian hell, Argentina. Like, okay. Yeah, they have a particular dislike for lesbians in Argentina. Lesbian um, adultery sounds like my category on Pornhub. It sounds like where I immediately go to <laughs> what, yeah, I, what I look for. It's my it's my jam. Yeah, my category is rich businessman slipping on banana peel. Okay. I think that's my kink. I think my kink is like a very wealthy white man in a physically embarrassing situation. Oh, okay. In case you were both wondering. That feels like a category on like Adult Swim or something. <laughs> oh, wow, whatever works for you, I guess. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm like a, I'm a strange girl, you know what I mean? With strange desires. I just discovered there is a dating app. I don't know how long it's been around, but I just discovered it uh, called like Field, where it's, it, I think it's sort of like about playing the field because everyone's there just to hook up. But what's great about it is like, in addition to having like, 27 different, you know, gender identities you can choose from and 27 different, you know, that you can choose from all sorts of things. You also people just put their kinks right up on there. So you kind of know what people are into, you know, um, I'm going to interrupt you because this leads so well to the I'm sorry, but that I have like there is <laughs> oh no more perfect transition <laughs> to the, my I'm sorry, but my I'm sorry, but is essentially that LGBTQIA is simply too long of a name and you cannot continue to add. <laughs> it is sim it is supposed to be a fucking acronym. An acronym is by default a way of shortening what we're trying to say. And LGBTQIA plus and the surrounding confusion around it means we are not doing a good job as gay people. And we need to stop. There, we need to turn a new leaf. It is defeating the purpose of the whole thing. And I'm sorry, but it's like we you either include everyone and really blow it out. Just make it, you know, an Elon Musk Grimes child name or you just change the name of the whole thing. And also, I'm sorry, but 
does every it does everybody need a flag? Does every single kind of like definition need a flag? I don't think so, you guys. The rainbow is supposed to be everything. So I, I don't know. I'm having a real problem with my gaze. You know, uh, this is one of those things where, you know, I'm sorry, but is you're supposed to say something and we have to disagree with you usually. This feels like a trap. <laughs> I know, right? Exactly. Because <laughs> like if we agree with this, then all of a sudden we get canceled, Mo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm just listening and I'm just like, okay, if that's how you feel, uh, your feelings are valid. I, I am not risking my career agreeing with you here <laughs> i'm just saying maybe the flag just needs to be an ombre rainbow you know what i mean where the gradient goes from like one from white to black with all of the gradients and colors of the rainbow inside of it you can't include everybody and so i just want to let all my gays out there know we need to start like brainstorming a new word that it just kind of includes everybody i think that's why we just say queer but you the i think just saying the queer community is fine but i think i'm going to stop saying lgbtqia plus i think i'm maybe done with that as a concept for me because it's too long and dumb at this point but anyway, that, that's where I am. And um, I know you guys can't participate. Your, your feelings are valid. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is a space <laughs> for you to, to vent. And I'm glad that you shared with us. Wow. So controversial that you won't even comment on it. The most I'll say on it is I read, um, I think it was in the New York Post, an article um, where, and I think it was during Pride Month, where um, some older gays, you know, in New York, were complaining about the flag and saying what you had said about the rainbow is supposed to include every every color, every one. So, like, why are we adding more colors to the rainbow? The rainbow is all. Um, and it was just funny, like, reading the article because it felt like, and it's such a bad, oh, this is how I get canceled. It felt like when people were defending the Confederate flag, like, I'm only, because he was like, I'm only going to put this flag, the rainbow, the original rainbow flag on. I'm not putting that <laughs> other flag with all the other colors. And it was just interesting how we've come so far that, Gays who fought for their right to have this flag are now like staunchly like, and this is the only flag I'll fly. <laughs> hey, we deserve the right to be completely bigoted within ourselves as well. That's true equality. True equality is, you know, women billionaires who commit fraud on high scales and then also, you know, like slightly bigoted gay Republicans. <laughs> There's room for everybody in this country. Well, let's get into let's get into our topics this week. I'm excited about it because I know. there's there's um, a lot. There's so much. Um, but uh, my like most like titillating thing that happened this week for me was the the sort of like Olivia Wilde video leak um, mm -hmm. of her sort of I guess asking Shia LaBeouf to kind of come back to the production of Don't Worry Darling, which has had so much drama swirling around it. But kind of like your understanding of the problem to begin with, for me sort of like started popping off first with the kind of Harry Styles, Olivia Wilde stuff, but the core of it was sort of like rumors of some beef between Florence Pugh and Olivia Wilde. Like when did you guys first start hearing about it? It really... It was like a TikTok maybe, right? Where people were convinced because yeah. they had just had a trailer drop for the new uh, Don't Worry Darling movie and Florence instead decided to post in her Instagram stories about Oppenheimer, which is a completely different film she's working on that day. Um, and so everybody was like, whoa, what's that about? You know, because you assume that most people yeah. are contractually obligated to have to post whenever, you know, the movie says so, but it clearly that was not in her contract yeah yeah and i mean i've only i literally only heard about the movie when the drama started i had oh, wow. no idea okay. the movie like you know it even was happening before or like child above was supposed to be the lead and then it became harry styles mm -hmm. and all of that but i also like it makes me wonder like when yeah when we talk about contracts like promoting the movie and stuff like that like i get it back in the day it used to be like okay you're gonna like appear on the the tonight show uh the late show and all of these like and like you know do like the media tour but 
I wonder if contracts now extend to be like, okay, you're going to share it on your Instagram story. I think it absolutely does. I mean, I think what we've learned in this new culture is you, you kind of can't even make it unless you bring your own following these days because they just don't even yeah. want to invest the time in marketing into growing you as a person. They're like, oh, like, I hope you put in like thousands of free hours to build this or whatever it is. And then you bring the audience to us and then we'll promote you. Perfect. So, but like with a star, yeah. once you get to be such a big star at Florence, you can kind of probably, you know, pick and choose. Like I'll do one post between 2021 and 2023 and that's it. The, the thing too about the promotion of it is like you also follow the artist or you follow the director before you follow the project. Like that's kind of how it is with big stars stuff. And like, for me, I was obsessed with Olivia Wilde because I loved Booksmart so much. Like, I thought that movie was so great and really enjoyed it thematically and thought it was so funny. And so I was like anxiously awaiting whatever her next project was, whatever it was going to be. And so when I heard about uh, Don't Worry Darling and I heard that like Florence Pugh and Harry Styles were attached, I'm like, I'm died and gone to heaven. Like, this is going to be such an amazing project. And so I just remember that first drama of like Florence not sharing. I was like, whatever. Like sometimes you share, sometimes you don't. Like I just kind of thought it was. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, where Olivia fucked up was, you know, she saw this opportunity because, you know, look, when a ship is sinking, people love to throw like more anchors on it, especially if it's going to like lift yeah. them up. And so she needed to get as much good press around this movie. And why not throw Shia under the bus? He's already going down. He has this lawsuit with FKA Twigs. Everyone thinks, you know, he has substance abuse issues. He has, a you know, anger issues, all of yeah. these things. So like, okay, great. He left the movie. I can make a narrative about how I fired him so that the women know that I'm there for them. Like, I don't deal with assholes on set. That was like her whole line she was going with was like, you know, no assholes on my set and I'm really going to run with it. Yeah. And, you know, look, it was, she was probably facing them. You know, she talks about it. She was, she's facing the pressure of this sophomore film because she, you know, Booksmart was such a success. She needed this to be a success and she just found an easy target. And like what she did not factor into was that Shia kept the receipts like she probably saw him as this dude who was a fuck up and was not going to have the receipts but shia <laughs> showed up with the receipts he went to variety after olivia does yeah. this interview saying all these things and was like no here's the email i sent to her and here's the video she sent to me after i quit the film I quit the film because of scheduling conflicts. And here's the video she sent me begging me basically to stay off. Yeah. She made it sound like Flo was at miss at the, at like Flo was the one that was fucking up and not Shia, which I will say two things can be true at the same time. Just to quote our best friend and confidant W. Kamal Bell um, from when he came on the show, which is like, both Shia LaBeouf could have exhibited poor behavior and also clashed with cast and the crew. And ultimately they decided he was not the right fit for it. But also Olivia Wilde didn't really like, didn't actually fire him at that moment. So in my mind, I'm like, I could see how both of those things are true. And in that video, she's trying to get him back on board and like patch together this thing that essentially has gone to shit, you know? I think it is really interesting and it feels like maybe there's more like gray area in terms of his poor behavior. Cause I don't want to defend Shia as saying like, well, this is the one time he was a nice guy and now she's coming out kind of a, like a, as kind of the asshole in the situation. I really think that um, likely what happened is a mix of both things, which is that she's trying to make it work. He's being a dick. And also she is, in order to bridge between somebody like Shia and Flo has to come onto Shia's side to try to like placate yeah. him. Yeah. It's also insane to me that uh, this is the line of promotion that she went with, with, you know, like shitting on Shia LaBeouf and she's like, no, no assholes allowed and all of that. While it's, there's, was another easy way to promote this, which is the fact that Harry Styles is on it. One of the biggest pop star on the planet that has a fucking insane fan base that would have watched it no matter what 
Because he's just on it. Yeah, but it's even true. when she did, you know, use him as a way to promote, it came across weird. Because one, okay, let's remember, she was still married when they started filming this. And, you know, Jason Sudeikis even bought the kids to set. And the rumors, we allege, the rumors were that there was something starting on set. And that's what made Florence Pugh uncomfortable. Now, we don't know that. That's yes. not confirmed. Yeah. But, like, that's where it sort of, you know, started with. But then when she did go and like make a post once wrapping had, you know, filming had wrapped and she wanted to talk about how so many male leads don't take uh, positions of like secondary actors to like a female lead because they think it'll lessen their worth. But in comes Harry Styles and what a great man he was for letting Florence be the lead. Now she's talking about how women get to be the lead and how so many men do it. But she posted a picture of Harry Styles when she did it. Didn't even put Florence in the post. It was like you're yeah. uh, you're talking about how great women are while you're posting a man. It's like it was really weird. Exactly. Also, the other thing is just like with Florence is just like when it comes between her and, uh, and Harry Styles. Harry Styles is is a famous musician. He's not a famous actor. Florence though is incredible at acting. Like literally every role she was in, she was amazing. And I think I guess like if I was like in her position too, I'm just like, why is this? every conversation happening literally not about me and about like the work I am doing. And we're just talking that's about these fucking... That's how I feel right now. That's how I feel <laughs> right Why is this conversation not about OHA? It's just like insane. Like, it's just like, you know, you have this big star and then I'm just like, and now you feel like everything that's happening around you is, is being used for promotion. And she even talked about like the trailers when they were released because most of the trailers only focus on the sex scenes between Harry Styles and Florence. And she's like, there's so much to the movie outside of like these two sex scenes. Why are we only talking about this? Well, and, and, and but that's what Olivia did talk about. That's what was even more annoying. When she yeah. did talk about Florence, it was in the context of these sex scenes. And then Florence comes out right after her and is like, look, this movie is more than sex scenes, which again made it look like we are butting heads. We're not even aligned on how we want to talk about the film. Yeah. All I know is I'm going to wait until you guys are receiving an award on stage. The both of you just wait. You're going to be at a highlight in your life. (laughs) And Oja Lopez is going to serve you fucking papers in the middle of your speech as you're looking down at this audience or accepting your award. And I'm ready. That was also a funny thing, too. Because that, that was whole like a whole thing too about like serving the papers on stage. Because it was like, was that staged? Because like Jason Sudeikis was just like, I didn't ask them to do that. Yeah, she made a comment afterward, like recently, where people were like asking her about um, the papers and her relationship to Jason Sudeikis, and she sort of like insinuated as like there's a reason why that like relationship ended, insinuating that like there was something more insidious there. Um, and that he did it on purpose. So I think there's some some real drama unfolding behind the scenes with that relationship, um, which sucks because, I don't know, you imagine – I will say, I imagine that hot, rich people don't have any problems. And I have to remind myself that maybe they have actually uh, – they like have the most lesser problems. problems. But yes, like lesser problems that they have to make huge deals about. Do yeah. you really like – I guess in my mind is probably the fame and the money actually adds pressure. It doesn't necessarily like take away all the pressure. Mo money, mo problems. I mean, a yeah. poet said that. His name was Biggie. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I'll tell you what. Uh, uh, less money, even more problems. It's insane. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Do you ever get hit with a cringy memory of your 13-year-old self out of nowhere and suddenly you're panic sweating and laughing at the same time? Don't, don't worry, don't worry. We all get that. It's because being an adolescent is one of the most visceral shared experiences we have as people. And we want to talk about it. Join me, Penn Badgley, and my two friends, Nava and Sophie, on Podcrushed as we interview celebrity guests about the joys and horrors of being a teenager and how those moments made them who they are today. New episodes of Podcrushed are out now wherever you get your podcasts. 
Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. After season one aired, I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few, and of course, my 90-year-old mom, Judy. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me Season 2 is out now from Lemonada Media. Do y'all feel like, I mean, I know like reality TV is very sort of like scripted now and there's so many sort of like set up moments but Kiki like if you had to say a percentage like of Real Housewives or of like Selling OC or of like you know like Selling Sunset of those shows what do you think is like actually real and what do you think is like totally fake? The only thing that's real is that these people really wanted to be on TV (laughs) and will do it, whatever it it takes. The storylines that like they need to get there, look, they exist in a way, but they're mostly manufactured. The the real drama only comes when those storylines get broken and they aren't able to, you know, spit out the narrative that they want to because they've either been disrupted by another cast member or a producer has, you know, gotten in the ears of other cast members, letting them know, or people like, you know, Bravo accounts who have inserted themselves into the drama, creating more drama. And and that's where yeah. you get more realness. But for the most part, I mean, look, one of the one of the greatest accounts right now is Spencer Pratt on TikTok, and it's because he started this whole series of just like revealing how the hills and all of that was so Frankensteined, you know, meaning like scenes cut mm. together to make this oh, narrative like, happen. Yeah. Yeah. This has been happening forever and ever. It was just like back then we didn't know. Now we know. So now it's like, again, like it's almost like watching professional wrestling. Like we know it's fake, but there's elements that come through that are real and and we sort of watch it for that got it and you sort of like the stuff that happens outside or like the public reaction that then kind of like feeds the show or just their personality and how they deal with it i mean you know we get some of the greatest memes in the world from reality television because you know nini leaks is going to be Nene Leaks, right? And like, you're never going to, you can't fake those reactions to things or, you know, they're still comedians, actors, all of that at the end of the day. Yeah. I literally only watched the first episode of uh, Selling OC or Selling the OC. And these houses are fucking insane. They are honestly bizarre. Yeah. Like, Like, what the fuck? Like, it's just like, it, it just, I know they're real. But to me, they're not. I'm like, right. What, like, I'm just like trying to think of what amount of money I should, I would have to be like, you know what, a hundred and six million dollars on a house makes sense to me. No, that's billion. Like, you don't buy a hundred and six million dollar house unless you have billions of dollars. Because I'm sorry, if you have three hundred million dollars and of you spend not, half yeah. of it on a house, you're not like you don't have good financial planning. I'm sorry. Of course. No, absolutely. Absolutely. You have to have at least, at least, I'd say $4 billion yes. for that to be, for that to not affect you yeah. by any means. Totally. Uh, yeah. But even then, like, I'm looking at these houses and I'm just like, I don't know if I ever want to live in that big of a space. It's weird, right? Because, like, when I see things like living um, plant walls, I'm always, I'm just thinking, like, who do you call to to maintain that? Like, if the water fall breaks yeah. down, like, what's who are the people that fix that? Like the L, the the garage that has the revolving car, you know, ups and downs. Like, yeah. do I have to get a mechanic for that? Like, I just the logistics exactly. behind houses like that seem too stressful for me. Exactly. Or like they they had this like uh, you know the rooftop that opens and then the uh, the bed that like spins, basically yeah. Ro- yeah spins so you can like watch the stars and the moon depending on where they are and i'm just like i literally was thinking the same thing if this bed gets broken who do i call to fix it do is there like a rotating <laughs> beds uh, fixer how out many there? bugs live in that live 
plant wall that are just going to get in your house because all the in the in the indoor outdoor living because exactly. we're like we're like practical people who've had to deal with these things like we've had normal just regular ikea beds break right and that was like a pain in the ass and so i don't know like if you just have so much money you just you're like somebody's yeah. taking care of it. it's not me i don't know i don't know why i have to get like an accent when i get yeah. that rich i guess exactly yeah <laughs> yeah to me it's just like if if you have like a, a four-bedroom apartment in New York City. I'm like, this is rich to me. This yeah. is enough. Like, this is like, this is wh- where my dreams are just like hit a ceiling. And they're just like, I'm okay with that. You have a lot of space. You'll make it nice. If if your background is like one of those, like, par- like if your background is like, I don't know, Central Park or something, enough. This is good. I don't need more. Like, I don't know. Go like like the spinning bed and stuff like that. I'm just like this is something that I would get if I was renting an Airbnb or like a hotel or something. Something I use for two days, just a fun experience. <laughs> I don't want to live this way. I don't want to live this way, y'all. I don't want to live this way. No. I mean, look, I think well, OC is just weird to me. Anyways, like I've only been there like once. I went and it's beautiful. It's a beautiful place, but I definitely felt the difference of me like leaving LA and getting to OC and feeling out of place. Like it's, it's what Staten Island is to New York. If that makes any sense to you in my, it's, it's the very red part of Southern California. Um, a lot, you know, very Republican heavy, very Trump heavy. And so anytime I'm in OC, I'm just very like, I feel like I stand out. And that's why when I was watching even selling OC, I was like, you know, look, a litmus test for me of whether it's a good reality show is like, do I hate every single person on here? I do. Okay. It's it's great TV. And like, that is how I felt like watching Selling OC because I was like, I can't stand any of these people. But like the tension, usually when you have tension on reality shows, there's like a reason for it. It felt like from out the gate, they were hating each other and I couldn't figure out why. Yeah. And it was finally, I think around the third episode, I realized Oh, one half of the office are Trumpers and one half of the office is not. Oh, now, yeah. I, nobody has said that. Nobody has identified their political beliefs, but I can read it in their faces. Who? Okay, okay. Who do you think is what? Who do you think is what? The Alexandras and Gio, oh my God. I believe, are the Trumpers, in my opinion. Oh, I can totally see Gio as a Trumper. Can you imagine an office that has less diversity, that like literally they have three, like they don't even have diversity in names? <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's 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 insane to me and everyone at that office like everyone in the oc i guess looks like the kind of person who like loves watching those clips of uh someone like a like a soldier coming back from war and meeting their dog <laughs> oh man uh, yeah geo is giving me such trump vibes you're right like i like can't stop thinking of geo and okay the geo and his mom are giving i don't know what they're giving but they're giving uncomfortable for me what you mean like norman bates and yeah like i don't know what it is about their situation it's just every time i see them together i'm always like no don't make the show about this just let's keep moving forward um honestly i just want to see those houses and i want to imagine myself attending a party there or doing something really stupid and fun I mean, what'd you say is the biggest difference maybe between like the OC and then the selling sunset? Um, I mean, I just think not much other than that they have men in this cast. Like selling sunset was really about all the women, power women with their six inch heels selling real estate. This one has this added element of men, which, you know, of course, when I started watching it, I immediately assumed because I'm a stereo, I assumed they were all gay, right? Because I was like, oh, we're they're in a office oh, with these fabulous women. And yes. when I found out every single one of them was like married with children, I was like, okay. Every each one of these men are the... The, mo- the straightest person I've ever seen in my life. Like, I could not, I did not know that you can do that. Like, the guy literally, like, when they were, like, showing them this $106 million house and he saw the bed and he was like, if you if you can't get lucky in this bed, I don't know what would help you. And I'm just like, this is what you got out of this? <laughs> yeah. You, you saw all of this, the beach and everything, and you're like, well, hey, hey, man, if you can't, if you can't have sex here and if this does not work out for you, I don't know what will help you. And I'm like, cool, man. That's awesome. Thank you. (laughs) 
So like, you know, what's so funny to me is, you know, Tyler, who um, is on the show, his wife is Brittany Snow, who, I, you know, I know yes. she's an actress. I don't know much about her. I mean, was she a Disney actress? No, she was in... Um, she was in the Bellas. She was in Pitch Perfect. Oh, okay, yes, yes. Um, okay. She was in. She's been in quite a few. She's uh, in some good, like, yeah, big movies. Yeah. So I always think it's so funny because you know she's obviously she's not going to sh- she had did not show up on any single episode and I wonder sometimes if she was like you know Tyler was like I'm going to do this reality show and she was like okay well I want nothing to do like you know do you think she was just like. Absolutely not. Because they, they bring her up. We know he's married to her. But we when he goes to like events where everyone brings their wife, she doesn't come. Oh, yeah. She's like, I make, I make enough money to not have to show up in this. You go do your little reality show. I'm going to be over She's here. like, to me, this is a downgrade if I appear in any of this. Hi, I'm June Diane Raphael. And I'm Jessica St. Clair. And each week we are sitting down to talk all about life's twists, turns, and absurdities on The Deep Dive. From exploring the depths of TikTok, which is our only news source, to navigating the complexities of grief and loss, we are just two best friends behind a mic processing life together. This podcast is all about finding the silver linings in the madness. So get ready for unfiltered conversations about motherhood, careers, pop culture, and everything in between. Here at The Deep Dive, we're all about community. We believe in the power of sharing experiences and the strength that comes from supporting one another. And we would love to have you with us. So be sure to join us every Wednesday on The Deep Dive from Lemonada Media, wherever you get your podcasts. Can't get enough of your favorite Lemonada Media podcasts? By subscribing to Lemonada Premium today, you'll gain access to fun and inspiring bonus content from all of our podcasts across the Lemonada Media network. As a subscriber, you can listen to never-before-heard interview excerpts, behind-the-scenes segments, and continue to uncover new ways to make life suck less through all of our exclusive subscriber audio. Check out a free trial of Lemonada Premium today in the Apple Podcast app by clicking on our podcast logo and then the subscribe button. kind of reverted back in reality show world where playing dumb is is popular again like what you know growing up i had like revenge of the nerds right and like you know nerds and like nobody like in this generation would ever like understand revenge of the nerds because nerds are cool right like everyone wants to be a nerd now but nobody wanted to be a nerd in the 80s or 90s and now but in reality show there's just this like level of like plain stupid or not thing where it all like you win awards for it which is kind of interesting i'm trying to think of like when being stupid is like generally rewarded (laughs) and uh, i i have found that there is like something about people underestimating you and you still being a badass at something and um like i have friends who cannot spell cannot spell are terrible spellers, don't know words, and then have brilliant careers in other areas of their lives. Or I have, you know, friends that are literally my friend Leslie, like maybe like three months ago, was like, what is World War II? That's a straight up question that she asked me. And then I had to sit down and just explain, you know, the basic, you know, main powers, Hitler and all those guys. But Leslie is so successful in her field. And I do think that Part of what I see there is, yes, a little bit leaning into stupid, but I also see like, I don't know, I kind of I kind of like it. I like the vapid queens who are also like very successful in other areas of life because I do think that they're that that's kind of a uh, a miscalculation is to assume that somebody's stupid. Again, another Paris Hilton effect is to assume that this is yeah. not part of the role that she's playing. Yeah. Well, you know, it's. You make me think, because when I think of, like, Gen Z, for example, I think of, like, this generation who very much prides themselves on, like, being intelligent, being knowledgeable, all of this stuff. But, like, one of their favorite shows, and one of my favorite shows, too, is Euphoria. And when you look at the kids of Euphoria, right, like, the most <laughs> popular kids are, you know, we have, you know, I don't even, Maddie 
And we have who was Sydney Sydney Sweeney's character? Uh, I can't even think of her character name. She's giving Laura Lee, but I know that that's not. Yeah, (laughs) you know, but it's like, but it's funny because it's like they're they're, they are these sort of like vapid whatever, but they're also these very like cunning characters that are very, uh, very complex, right? And so I guess there is like a like a kind of dual side that we appreciate yeah maybe? no i know and i mean like euphoria is a, is a very weird show because it's just like season one was amazing it was incredible there was so many like storylines that you 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 wanted to see unfold and all of that and and then season two they were like okay how about we uh go without script this time and uh <laughs> yeah whatever you think of you just like um, just say it and i am gonna be here you know uh me director i'm just gonna throw you lines every now and then and just see what sticks you know there's really no story anymore everyone be young and hot that's the story cool do drugs as do you well. think that's why awesome. barbie ferrera left i mean she literally almost a did not appear at all in the second season she had like few and it's such a such a like disappointing thing because she's like she had a really great storyline cat is my favorite character yeah she had me almost about to join OnlyFans, like for real for real (laughs) yeah and then and then and then they were like yeah okay you're you're not gonna appear anymore Uh, we're not gonna give you much i mean i know the rumors are that like her and sam levinson the creator like didn't get along you know she they denied it or whatever of course we'll never know if that's true but you know i you know i just i think this behind every rumor there's got to be some spark of truth definitely i mean she did kind of like out outwardly say that essentially there was like you know, I can't remember the exact quote, but it seems like there was some creative differences in where Sam Levinson wanted Cat uh, Hernandez or the character to go versus where Barbie Ferreira thought that she should go. So she kind of expressed her sort of disappointment in the direction that it was yeah. going in. Um, and I know that there's like a lot of rumors and a lot of sort of tension, but that Instagram post, uh, she says something like, I hope many of you could see yourself in her like I did. And I, I totally saw myself in the cat character and I really agreed. It was my favorite, favorite character. And even though we're not sure if it has to do with, with Levinson or not, it definitely feels where there's smoke, there's fire. And 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 Levinson now has has a has another show coming out with yeah uh, the, weekend, the idol I right? think it's called yeah yeah and I was like well I'm glad the two uh, understanders of women got together to make another show uh, I'm sure <laughs> whatever the women characters are gonna be uh, just written like perfectly well we know like the main character is johnny depp's daughter lily uh rose depp which yes i was i i had no i mean look the trailer looks amazing i'm absolutely gonna be watching yeah i'll watch it too but like wow you know like this had been happening in the background of this you know trial this amber heard johnny depp trial I, you know, I wonder what would have happened if, you know, the trial had gone like a different way. But like this, this to me feels like we're going to get a whole new era of like the Depp family, right? Like he has a second life and now his kids are going to have a second life. I mean, look, his kids were already going to have a pretty decent life because, you know, we know his their father's Johnny Depp. But like, were they going to get the clout? I mean, I just feel like she's going to blow up. Yeah, and this this show is like no small deal. I mean, the people that are in it, it's like Dan Levy is in it from Shit's Creek, uh, Hank Azaria, um, The Weekend, uh, Jenny, The Weekend, uh, Jenny from Blackpink. She's one of the members of the K-pop group Blackpink. Like, I really feel like this show is gonna be badass and weird, and um, it it does sort of like lead me to believe is like. Is it that just is like all eyes on Lily Rose Depp and then she gets these opportunities or is it just sort of this sort of the fear that we have that no matter how hard we work, there's always going to be like a celebrity's daughter getting in the way of like normal people's yeah, dreams, yeah. you know? And I, and I mean, I get what you mean, but I cannot think of any other examples of like kids who have rich parents making it in the industry. never happens it never happens at <laughs> all never happened yeah. before i think this is this is very rare i mean you know like the hundreds of people i can think of aside no one 
Uh, so she'll be fine. And I'm sure, oh, if you audition for anything and the daughter of a celeb also <laughs> auditions, you'll get it. It's, you know, it's it's all merit-based. I know, because it's harder for them because they have to... They have Live to, up to um, work to their as twice as hard. They have to work twice as hard. You know what's... Okay, um, it's like we're, we're fully aware. There's like people in Hollywood that we know the connections are. It's like, you know, we know who Gwyneth Paltrow's mother and father are. We know who, you know, even Billy Lord's mother was. You know, like we know certain people. What, what weirds me out are the people we think have gotten there on their own and then even they have this weird connection like I was um, did you see the drama that had gone down over that film uh, Bodies 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 there was a review written about it in the New York Times by Lena Wilson I remember this yeah and this um and, and I didn't read the review but it had something to do about like you know like so many like boobs or something like that there was something like that so amandla stenberg dm'd who was in the film bodies 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 dm'd the film critic lena and was like you know maybe if you had kept you know your eyes off my tits the whole time you know we could have remember this you know yeah. you you could have like watched the film anyways it ended up in this whole tiktok war where like lena reposted the dm and you know and amandla had to like you know defend herself like i thought you know we were both gay i thought it was like a funny joke anyways at the end of this, all of this coming out, Lena ends up having to delete all of her social because everybody was like, you nepotism, baby, because apparently Lena got this film critic job at the New York Times when she was 24 because her dad's an editor at the New York Times. You know, it was like, it was definitely a milkshake ducks scenario. But like, even that, it's like your dad is an editor at the New York Times. So you became a film critic at 24. Who gets that opportunity? That is pretty fucking wild. Yeah, I can, I can talk about this forever because it's truly. I mean, <laughs> yeah. look, I I just like sometimes it's very hard to talk about these things. I feel like I feel like we all now in in a place where sometimes like we know these people, and you know like you know these people who are getting these opportunities and whatnot, and then you discover like who their parents are and not, and it's very hard to critique it. You're just like I don't want to sound like a hater now, but I mean, come on. I know people who are yeah. better that should have gotten this opportunity, but clearly... And then, I, I guess what bothers me... Like, here's the thing. Like, just admit it. It's okay. Just say, I had money, I had rich parents, and, and that's why it was easier for me. I am also talented. Like, I believe that you're talented. No one's saying that you're not. It's just that you want us also to believe that you got this on your own. And I'm just like, it's not. Everything works by connections. Everything is connection based, and that's fine. It's a, that's how it works. Yeah. Just admit it. Stop lying to people. I can't wait to see how I benefit from my connection with the two of you. <laughs> I cannot wait. To, oh god! I cannot wait to be like you know what? <laughs> I know Kiki Mahanad. So, <laughs> how am I going to get a leg up here? Is my question. You will be receiving nothing from me. I have nothing to offer except for my love and friendship. Um, but if I ever do, I'll think of you too. Thank you so much. You'll be first on my list. And then I will serve you on stage with a lawsuit for... Uh, Correct. Oh, I owe you owe me. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait to escalate our friendship to that level, Kiki. Well, now it's it's time for uh, uh, my favorite segment, which is Sorry Not Sorry, where we you know either apologize for something we did or we ask for an apology. And this week, I'm going to start with Oha. Wow. Yeah. Um, yes, that's yes, so yes. Interesting. Very interesting. Well, I think I would like an apology from just the horseflies. Do you guys know what a horsefly is? Is it a big um, fly? It's just, it's sort of like a big, fast, sort of like buff fly that bites and actually takes blood um, from you. So that's how they feed, right? It's not a mosquito. It's a fly that drinks your blood. Do they only and live at lakes? Because it sounds like they, a lake lake monster. There's, there's a bit of a lake problem oh, okay, here. Okay. okay. <laughs> and That's as you know, thematically, my life is lake. If I had, when I die and God asked me, what was the theme of your life? I would have said bodies, 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 and water. And um, this is, I really am pissed off because I was at the beach, I was at the lake, and I was very uncomfortable, and I got bit nine times by horseflies yesterday. And I would just like an apology from, you know, the sort of like scheme of nature. I know Mother Nature is supposed to be very wise and everything, but I would like mosquitoes and horseflies and lanternflies to just 
be eliminated. And I would like an apology from all the mosquitoes that have drained me of my life force and my go-go juice, a.k.a. my blood. Mm. I hate mosquitoes. I fucking hate mosquitoes. And now I fucking hate horse flies. They sound disgusting. And yeah. another reason I won't be going to lakes. Yeah. 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 I understand that. I get it. Out of all of the reasons not to go, I would say that's the number oh, one. Oh, literally every week you build a case against lakes and then you you mm-hmm. get upset when we say lakes suck. What about my boat adventure? You guys were really into well, my boat yeah, adventure Well, yeah, because you were in a week. boat. You were not in a lake. Yeah, that's there's different. a difference. <laughs> yeah. I was in a thing in a lake. Exactly. Okay, okay. Exactly. Well, right. Kiki, what's happening with you this week? Um, You know, I just want to apologize to my East Coast friends who I have on group okay. chats. Um, who wake up to probably like 16 TikToks and like 11 DMs and like across all platforms, you know, just like in their text messages, in their, you know, in their IG, in their TikTok DMs. Um, You know, when I can't sleep at night, because when I can't sleep at night and I'm like scrolling for hours and I see something funny, I need to share it with the people I love because that is my love, (laughs) love language. (laughs) It's okay. And um, I apologize that, that you wake up um, especially if you have like silenced your phone, you know, you do the no receive no notifications and then that you turn your notifications on. And the first thing you see is like a plethora of my DMs um, manically sent throughout the night. Um, I apologize, but I also hope that I bring you joy, a good laugh first thing in the morning. You know, I tried. Well, the worst is when I, though, like I see like funny things, but then I also see tragic things. And then I send both because then who am I? <laughs> Why am I doing that to you? I'm so <laughs> Yeah, so um, I apologize uh, for that, but I'm not going to stop. So I guess I also apologize in advance for not being, I'm not going to stop doing that. No, I get it. I mean, hey, feel free to send me anything. I'll wake up and and look at it and either laugh or cry. It truly, I wake up every morning willing to do both. Yeah, I'm like on on either extreme. I'm either in a very good mood or I'll just start sobbing. You know, who cares? Uh, but <laughs> well, my mine is gonna be okay. This feel, I mean, it's not really asking for an apology because this, this will feel like more like mostly I'm doing a, a movie promo. But uh, I I did already tell you about this is this movie. So I went and I watched uh, Marcel the Shell. Oh yes, yes. This 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 weekend, and I'll, I'll tell you this. You know, I would like to demand an apology because I'm 31 years old. And I'm not supposed to be at a movie theater watching a movie about a shell and crying my eyes out. Why not? Well, I was expecting, like, I do not mind crying. I just expecting to come to watch a cute movie and laugh. And I'm just like, and I'm just like, now I'm watching, like, it's very hard to explain to people too. I'm like, because like, like, what's the movie about? I'm like, it's about a shell. I mean, he has a grandma <laughs> and she's also a shell. And like, what else? I'm like, what, what do you mean? What else? He has one eye and he's wearing shoes. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's the cutest movie ever. And also, I guess I, I need an apology from like, the movie industry in general. Because that movie was perfect and it was also 19 minutes movie. I am done with three hours movies. Stop doing this. This yeah. movie has showed me that it is possible to do everything. Make me laugh. Make me cry. Give me a perfect story in 19 minutes like God intended. Yeah. Stop Sure. Like when you show me a three hours movie, you're telling me that you do not know how to edit and you think everything that comes out of your mind is perfect. So maybe put your ego on the side (laughs) and just show me the parts that are good. It's so true. The minute I see a two out, like any two in front of a movie, I'm like, no, no. 90 minutes is the perfect film. I don't want to be here for two even two hours flat. I don't even want to do exactly. it. Exactly. I don't have the time. I don't have the time. And it's just like, it's too much like sitting in a movie theater for that long. And like you literally order something and you finish it and they take it away from you. And I'm like, wow, this is still going. Should I order something else? Like what's going on? <laughs> well, that's the thing. Because <laughs> yeah. like, I love, you know, I love a movie theater that has drinks and stuff, you know, and I'm like drinking yeah. some tequilas. And I'm like, I'm like, I've had four tequilas. I'm glad that I Ubered here. <laughs> I know. But yeah, this is this is who I'm uh, demanding an apology from in a good way, you know. This is it's been, 
Well, go watch Marcel the show. That's all I'm saying. I can't wait. I'm going to go watch it ASAP. Well, you know what? I'm going to try to, maybe I'll try to watch it this weekend. September 3rd, all movies in the U.S. are $3. Yeah. So I, I've okay. just been buying tickets everywhere. I'm going to watch movies all day long. I'm going to start at like Fuck 9 yeah. a.m. I'm not even kidding. I have a 12 a.m. I do. Oh, I, have a 12 yeah. at, I have a 12 at Alamo for Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. And oh, I, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm watching it all. I'm watching it all. You know what? I'm I'm gonna fucking do that. Like I'm gonna like find someone. Like like I'm either gonna go with Rosie if she has time, or I'm gonna find find a friend. I'm just gonna spend the whole day watching movies. I think that would be a fun day. To I want to do it too. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Let's okay. go. Let's do it. Fuck yeah! September third. Okay, I'm gonna add that to my calendar. Okay, we're very excited about this. Well, okay, my angels. Thank you so much. This was so fun. Thank you guys for listening. See you next Bye. week. Bye. I'm Sorry is a Lemonada Media original. The show is produced by Alex McCohen. Supervising producer is Chrissy Pease. Our executive producers are Stephanie Whittles-Wax and Jessica Cordova-Kramer. Our mix is by Kat Yor, and theme music was composed by Xander Singh. If you like this show, please rate and review. And please don't cancel us. You can find out more about our show at Lemonada Media on all social platforms or follow us on Instagram at I'm Sorry underscore podcast we'll be back next week and until then be nice play fair and always say i'm sorry thanks for listening last day is a show about the moments that change us i just don't think i will ever get used to this i'm stephanie whittles wax and i have had one of these moments we all have. So let's unpack the chaos that is our human existence together. I don't believe things happen for a reason. I don't believe the universe has a plan. Each week, I sit down with a new guest to explore happy, sad stories of transformation. It's leaning far, far into the pain. That's what it is. Listen to Last Day wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, friends, it's Megan Trainer And her big bro, Ryan Trainer And her husband, Daryl Sabara. Each week on our podcast, Working On It, we share behind-the-scenes stories and bring you into our hilarious and heartfelt conversations, and sometimes with amazing guests. We tackle everything from navigating Hollywood to mental health to Megan becoming a mother, Daryl becoming a father, and so much more. We'll get into the nitty-gritty of our lives and leave no detail behind. Prepare to laugh, cry, and hopefully learn something new. Listen to new episodes out every Wednesday wherever you get your podcasts.